Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Profit Minds podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Kirch, creator of the Profit Minds Growth System, a unique blend of profit growth, productivity acceleration, and building robust business process for scale. In every episode, I interview entrepreneurs and small business owners from around the world with a unique story to tell. You can find the show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. Hi, everyone. Today, my guest is Joe Palo, coach, trainer, speaker, author of How to Sell Nothing, and creator of the Earning Sales System. Today, we'll be talking about how to sell nothing. Welcome, Joe. Thanks. How are you? It's great to have you with us. Um, as all of my listeners know, I, I love to hear the story of how people got to where they are. So, Joe, share share with us. Um, how, how did you come to be this person who sells nothing, and and uh, and why do you do it? <laughs> uh, it's a good question. The why do you do it's part of the the easy part. It's fun. It's not a job for me. But how did I get here? Um, I started, I paid my way through college by selling books door to door. I didn't know anything about sales and went down to Charlotte, North Carolina. I was going to school in Fargo and uh, worked my tail off. I was in the top 5% in the nation. Got invited back in the next six years, all the way through college. I recruited and trained people on how to sell and pretty much been in sales my entire life. Um, it, it's just a part that I really realized or tune in on. And it's part of the sales, but if you do sales correctly, if you help them or you get what you want, I get what I want. It's that old cliche and it works. But I've been in sales my entire life and uh, now I have a consulting company and I help people sell nothing. Hmm. So so tell us about the the earnings E-A-R-N-I-N-G sales system. How does that how how does that work? Sure. Um, well it, it started because we all have plans like a battle plan you make your plans the night before the battle starts you take the plans and chuck it out the window well the same thing happens on sales calls as soon as we start talking our client takes us off track and what do we do so it's an acronym and each one starts for a part of the, what we need to do uh, and we have to earn the right to ask for the next step so mm. each letter is a part of a sale that we have to uh, we a part of the sale our topic we have to touch on the e is just stands for evaluate their current reality it's our data gather I mean, a lot of people are really good. That's pretty basic. But I look at it, if I'm selling a similar product and apples to apples comparison, I have to ask enough questions. So what, I know what type of apples they have. I'm showing them something new, apples or oranges. I still need to ask enough questions so they know that I know what type of apples they're starting with. So that's the E, evaluate the current reality. I think most salespeople are pretty good at that. The A is simply what are the advantages of what they have right now, their current vendor. And I get a lot of pushback saying, Joe, I don't like asking that question because I'm talking them into staying with who they're with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That 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 seems that seems weird to ask what are the advantages of what they already have. Yes. I like doing that for three reasons. First, no one else does that. I mean, I get different results because I do something different. So I differentiate myself from everybody else. Second, it screams confidence. If you're asking what do they like about their your competitor, you're going right where it's hot, right in the kitchen, right where it's hot. It screams confidence, and business is giving the confident people. But the biggest reason 
they're telling me they're hot buttons. They're literally whatever they like. Back in my mind, I'm thinking in five minutes or five days or five weeks, I got to close on that. Whatever they like, I need to have that. I'm not going to know unless I ask them. So A, or what are the advantages? What are their hot buttons? R. This is, this is in, in, in your mind then helping you to develop the next generation of product for you or, or what you're going to make sure that you provide to them in addition to what you normally do. I, I'm not trying to understand how okay. you use it's, this. It's a little bit of both. Let's just say uh, I'm talking to a financial advisor or I'm, I'm, I'm a financial advisor and I'm talking to you about, you know, working with me. And I say, what do you like about your current guy or gal? That's if they get great communication, they're really clear. Back in my mind, I'm thinking communication is this important. So you're literally telling me things that are important to you that if I want to have a chance of winning your business, I'm going to have to have that too. Got it. Okay. That makes sense? Yep. Okay. It's the E and the A, the R. Revise. What do we need to change? This is the major reason why we're going to go forward. And I don't want to lead off with it, but I want to ask, you know, what they currently have. What do they like about it? What do you want to change? The N, no. Who can say no to it? You know, I want to get the decision makers in the room. Um, one of the most frustrating things in sales is we give a great pitch and we got to say, okay, I got to go talk to my boss and see what she wants. Great. Now I got to come back in in two weeks and give my, my, my show again. Or worse, you're going to sell my product for me and you're not an expert on it. And you're going to sell me for me and you're not an expert on it. There are some times if I don't have the right decision makers there, I may step out of the meeting. Sometimes you can I really am aware of who needs to be the decision maker, who needs to be in the room. So, so no is you, you want to make no sure to the next step. Uh, okay. Okay. That's the E-A-R-N-I. And this is a big step that can be applied tomorrow to everybody out there. Interpret back what they just said. It's mm. huge. It's just say, hey, just for a minute, just for clarity, is it all right if I just kind of repeat back what you just said and just go on a rant right from the E-A-R and everything else? repeat it back almost word for word. And it's just really cool because it's a different mindset. They're like, well, hell, hello, you said it better than I did. Yeah. He actually listened to me. That's it too. No one listens. The biggest complaint in sales is no one listens. But really what's happening is mentally, I'm on the same side of the table as they're on. I have not even started selling. And they're finally like, someone's gets me. This is, I want to talk more about this person. So interpret back. If you want one piece that's a big piece to go ahead and just interpret back what they just said. Uh, the second end is nothing. What if nothing changes? What if you don't do anything? Because this creates a sense of urgency. And I'm going to ask that. I'm probably going to get a fluff answer. I'll just be insane. I'm going to say, well, what else? Tell me more about that. I want to really dig in and kind of get a little uncomfortness if they don't do any changes. And then the G is the game. If we fix this problem, if we took these two hours out of your week, you spend dedicated to this and they're gone, what would you do to that? What do you have to gain? And it's just a cycle we can go through on every sales calls or conversations. It works. It's very transferable. This is some of the same stuff I coach on. I'm coaching sales managers. How to have a one-on-one. -on -one. It's the same piece. Mm. So that's that's interesting because one of the things that that I've been taught as a, you know, because I'm not a great salesperson, but one of the things that I've been taught is to to ask about the transformation that they're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. What is what is it that they're that that you know? Again, I think it's it's um, 
trying to go back through E-A-R-A-N. And um, so it's, 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 you ask what, what is it? What does it know? Is, is it the G? What are they going to get? Right. The gain. That, that's the, that, if, it, if it was solved, that would be the, the transformation. The gain, piece. the yep. transformation. Yep. Right. That would be that and, piece. but, but I've been taught that I need to ask that early on, you know, what sort of, what's the problem and what is it like? And, and, and so people doing this in a different order, but, um, and then, and then sort of trying to hook that, you know, what is that going to feel like once you've fixed that problem? Um, you don't, you don't seem to ever get there in your, in, in that earning thing. And I'm, I'd like to understand your perspective there uh, as to, as to how, how that how that plays out emotionally right. for them right well there's there's two pieces first the, we can take it out of order this is just so it's memorable got so, it okay okay yep. and it's it's an ideal world it probably doesn't work but the key letters i can remember a letter before i can remember what i want to say sure so we can juggle it around a little bit it, it that part is not as is is important i guess the order of it um there's another piece that i think resonates um, in my mind, and it's a kind of the essence of how to sell nothing, there are two sales or two buckets that need to be filled in order to get the next step. Okay, There's a logical sale or a logical bucket. Mm -hmm. There's an emotional sale, an emotional bucket. Right. Both buckets are important, but if you had to pick one, which one would you say is more important? A well, logical or emotional? I, I, I think almost everybody that's ever talked to me about sales says that the, the, the sale is made on emotion. Yes, People agreed. buy based on emotion. Agreed. Then, and then they use their logical brain to justify. Exactly. Yes. Perfect. Yes. So they're both important. The logical bucket or the logical sale needs to be confirmed. But if you don't have them emotionally engaged, you have nothing to confirm. Right. Okay. Let's talk about the buckets. The logical bucket is finite. If you have like a bucket of water, it's impossible to put more water in that bucket. If you have a client logically sold, it's impossible to sell more logic. The emo and the logical bucket, let me back up, this key is filled with my voice, the salesperson. I'm the expert. It's pretty much math. And I have marketing people and I have my pitch. I fill up that logical bucket and we're really good at that. And it's important because it confirms the sale. Let's talk about the emotional bucket. The emotional bucket is filled with their voice. And emotions are weird and fickle things and they change all the time. They don't even make sense but I need to have that emotionally engaged before I can get to the next step. The emotional bucket again is filled with their voice, but that bucket has holes in it. Um, we've all been on these sales calls. Let's just say hypothetically, we go out and we have a great meeting on a scale of one to 10. It's with a new prospect and it's a 10. He's laughing at my jokes. He's asking questions. He said, can you come back in two weeks? And I want to see a proposal. And we come back in in two weeks or whenever, and we think we have it, but we get, I need to think about it. And that keeps calling me next quarter. Okay, so what's happening there? That first meeting, I had both buckets full, the logical and emotional, and he asked for the next step. When I come back in in two weeks or two months later, the logical bucket's still full, the emotional bucket's empty. And my job as a salesperson mm -hmm. is yep. to get them re-engaged, what they want and why they want it. Don't need to go to the logic piece. I need to say, hey, last time we were talking about this, talking about helping your kids make sure they're secure to go to college and take care of them. Tell me more about that. Just be quiet and let them, their voice, fill up that emotional bucket. Brilliant. And, and that, that's Love the it. essence of selling nothing. It's a relationship. And it's what they want and why they want it. 
and they change every time, their voice has to say it. It's not mine. The power is in their voice. I fill up the logical bucket. They need that emotional bucket. Uh-huh. And I strive uh-huh. to never teach, speak, coach, or train until I get people emotionally engaged. That's great. Um, so what, what what's what's a big mistake that you hear people that you know that or that you you see people make in in the sales? Is 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 that it really the 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 lack of filling the emotional bucket? Is that really the biggest problem? That and it combines with uh, talking too much. Mm. In a selling situation, and this is kind of a, a Joeism, or I've heard it years ago. Whoever is talking is buying. In a selling situation, if I'm talking more than you are, I'm buying your objections. If I get you talking more than me, you're buying whatever's in my bag. Most of the earning piece and, and, and the emotional bucket is filled with their voice. They need to be talking. So those combinations, don't get them emotionally engaged. By doing that, um, they're talking. Right. So what... What do you what do you tell what do you think about referrals and and getting referrals and 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 talk to me about that process because that you know for for many listeners and and for myself right most of my business comes through referrals mm-hmm. so so what's a what's a good way to leverage that well I agree I mean my business is seven years old up in four months ago I didn't have a website I, I didn't have a book and I didn't even have a Facebook page I just practice what I preach and I got referrals. But when I come to coaching and teaching on it, it's our mindset first. I mean, when we first started selling, we were horrible at every part of the sale. <laughs> we all were. And through, through repetition, we got better. Maybe we're really good at establishing trust or establishing rapport. On a scale of one to 10, we're up here, like uh, creating a buying atmosphere. We're just expert on that. We just did that through repetition and getting sick and tired and getting a process down. When it comes to referrals, and I work top producers around the country, they're still rookies. We've not let this one sliver of our business get on par with everything else, and it's our thinking. And we, we, we treat it, we wing it, we're passive. There is nothing passive about referrals. Actually, referrals are more important than the sale. And I can get pushback on that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I have my perspective on why that's true, but I'd love to hear yours. This happened years ago. I worked in a company called Tom James and I sold custom suits. And it was an individual at uh, Thriving, or it was Lutheran Brotherhood. Now it's Thriving Financial. I went out and pitched him. His name's Lyle Hemmingson. And he, did, he said, no, didn't buy any suits. But he liked me and he gave me four referrals. 18 months later, I had 80 clients at the home office. There's no way his business, that sale could have equated from the referrals that came from that one person. Similar thing happened at uh, St. Paul companies, uh, insurance companies, used to be headquartered in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, sailed, uh, sent a, 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 a letter, just a, a pamphlet or to uh, Mike Conroy. He gave me three referrals. Two years later, I had 150 clients at St. Paul companies. I had my own ID. I had my own parking spot. I was there three days a week. Mike's business could have never equated to that. So we have to go with that intention that the, the referral tree is huge and our focus needs to be that way. We're going to get the sale, um, but they have to like us to give referrals and to get the sale. So I just focus on referrals right away. Um, 
that is a big piece. And it's our thinking that gets in the way. We make it into a big deal and it's really not. So, so how do you, how do you ask for referrals? How do you uh, ask for and get quality referrals? Uh, this is actually a, a chapter in my book. I kind of really simplified it. It's a simplified referral ask. I'm going to try to keep things real, real easy. If I was talking to you and I would say something to the fact that, well, let me back up. I'm going to have another imaginary bucket called those things. Okay. And it's going to be filled with words from your voice about what you like working with me. Okay, so that's the premise. So I would say, Steve, just hypothetical. We've been working together the past four or five years. Um, I just want to get some feedback as far as what do you like about working with me or my staff or my company? I know we've helped you out with this problem and that. Just open-ended question, some feedback about what you like about working with us and what we've accomplished. Whatever you say, those words are going in that bucket. I'm going to ask what else to get some more words in that bucket. And then my referral, I just pivot and say, Steve, who are three people would appreciate those things? Hmm. They've just given me four or five reasons why they want to work with me, why they like working with me. It's so natural to just slide over and say, who are three people would appreciate those things? And it's just a confident ask, and we're, we want to go with that. Great. There's another so, piece if I could add something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I want to just talk all about, but I, I kind of no, like no. doing this. So I'm sorry, but I, I get on a, no. or a soapbox and I will. It's, it's great. The other part is I don't think we actually understand the value of referrals. A name and a number, that's nothing. That doesn't work. Um, I don't even count on a referral unless I get a silver bullet attached to it. Definition of a silver bullet is something that I know that an average Joe on the street doesn't know. And I want to draft off the referee's relationship onto that first conversation or voicemail or first meeting. So when I get a referral, let's just say we mentioned Bill Anderson. Now, I have a name and a number. People are too busy to call back. We've all had referrals and left messages and goes nowhere. This silver bullet works. So I talk about, Bill, how long have you known him? Uh, you know, kids, what does he do? Get those simple questions out. And then I'll pivot and I'll say, just curious, what type of decision maker is Bill? Is Bill a numbers guy? Is he a talker or is he a driver? That's part of a silver bullet because it's getting me to know him and he's actually thinking about Bill. And I need to know that when I'm calling because he says he's a driver. I need to know right away because I only got about 10 seconds to catch his attention to get another 12 seconds. But that's good information. But I'll say, you know, what type of decision maker is he? Is he a numbers guy? Is he a talker? Is he a driver? And I'll say, just curious, what do you respect most about Bill? And just be quiet because that's the silver bullet. That's good stuff. You know, tell mm. me a funny story about him. Again, I need to get him thinking about Bill Anderson as I'm asking for the referrals. Uh, my best example, I was referred to uh, a guy named Aaron. And uh, the referral was, he's at my level. He's a, a branch manager. He had about 10 people. Now he's got about 40 He's a great guy, very competitive. He's not a meathead. Those were the, that was what he said. Huh. So I called Aaron and said, Aaron, and I, I'm a script guy. I said, Aaron, it's Joe Palo. We haven't actually met yet. I don't want you racking your brain trying to figure out who I am. Mark uh, mentioned your name. He said, you're not a meathead. 612-805-7576. And I hung up. 15 minutes later, he called me back. Huh. He, he he became a good friend, a good client, and he is a meathead. 
but that's <laughs> <laughs> that's why I didn't use the last name. Um, but it's that importance of getting that silver bullet. Uh, we're too busy, and if you leave enough little silver bullets, they're gonna call you. Actually, my clients call me, and part of my thinking is when I get a referral, they're a client. It just goes, and it blows yeah. up your conversion ratio. Oh, that's great. So, so what other gems or nuggets do you have in your book, how to sell nothing? And, and why did you call it that? Uh, basically because assuming we have a good product and meets needs, that's important, but it's the relationship and it's basically nothing. And it's very transferable. I mean, I can sell this process works on financial service services, mortgage. I work with the defense contractors, nonprofits, um, it's very transferable and it is nothing because you can't grasp a relationship or the emotion piece. And it keeps on going with that emotional bucket. That's the nothing I'm selling. Whatever's hmm. in there. There is a piece I could share. And again, it goes a little bit more in the, in the book. Um, and I get this asked, Joe, how do you get them to fill up their emotional bucket? That doesn't seem normal. <laughs> it's just weird. And, and, and there's a piece because you're going through the logical sale and asking the questions, but how do you do that? How do you fill up that bucket? And it's filled with what I call dig in questions. You get a question, you dig in and get more like a shovel. And basically all I'm thinking of is whatever they're saying, I'm thinking, well, why is that? Well, why is that? Well, why is that? Well, why is that? And you can't ask it because that's kind of creepy and weird. <laughs> yes. So I just ask that in a different way. What do you mean? That's a digging question. You know, Joe, we just want to be comfortable when we retire. What does that look like? That's another one. Tell me more about that. Can you give me an example? What else? All I'm doing is asking digging question, which is just a different way of saying why after digging question, because I want their voice filling up that bucket. That's how I get that piece done. And basically what they want is important. Why they want it is extremely important. And selling nothing is just selling to their why. Oh, that's great. So I understand you have a, a free gift to offer to uh, our listeners today. You want to tell us about that? Correct. It's actually a, a, a free download, a PDF of the, the earning system. So I just kind of spell it out and go through a little bit. And it's something, again, you can, I recommend, take it out, print it out, keep it right by your keyboard. So you go through that process. Again, it doesn't have to go in that order. But you go to convertsalesfaster.com, convertsalesfaster.com, and you can get a, a free download of the earning piece. Great. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach out? Uh, you can go to uh, sellnothing.co, not .com, sellnothing.co. I couldn't afford the M. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I hear how that goes. It was, it was a Bitcoin company bought it. And they uh, want like 15 grand for the M. I said, oh, okay. That. <laughs> yeah, never mind. So it's sell nothing. Uh, yeah, convert sales, uh, are, I'm sorry, sellnothing.co, or you can go to Amazon. We got a copy of how to sell nothing. It's on Amazon as well. Great. And that concludes our show. So thanks to my guest, Joe Palo, coach, trainer, speaker, and author of how to sell nothing and creator of the earning sales system. I hope you learned something about how to sell nothing. I know I did. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Profit Minds Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Stephen Kirch. Please visit www.profitminds.net for other episodes or to contact me.
Thank you for your positive feedback, comments, questions, and for sharing this show with others. Thanks for listening. Have a grateful day.